Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, Paul? Good to have you on the show again, man. It's been a minute since Bro. you've been on. Bro, I love Paul Jamison and the Green Industry Podcast. You have just set the bar to a whole new level of bringing great information. And I, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Cool. I enjoy your show too, man. I was listening. I was working out at the gym one day and you guys were on a roll as a uh, bookkeeper guy, Dan Plata. Bro, that episode was so good. Actually, Mr. Producer had texted me that morning right before I went to the gym. And he's like, if he ever gives me a recommendation of a book or a podcast, I always, it's always an A plus. He's like, you got to listen to this episode. And it was you and Dan talking numbers and owners pay and wearing different hats. And it was so good. It it really was. And and that's cool. A cool thing about um, even doing social media is when you go around the country, even if you have like, you just, you post for your own business and you grow a little bit of an Instagram following. And of course you want to market to your own customers. But what happens is when you're in these groups and on Facebook, you get to know people that you haven't actually met. And when you go to live events, you meet them in person, you rub elbows with all these different people. And what I'm talking about here is the people that you associate your, with yourself with rubs off on you and the friends that you create in the industry. I spent years watching all this law of attraction type stuff and listening to all these audiobooks, which is great, but it wasn't knowledge that was actually applicable to helping me in my own landscaping business right now. Like understand, understanding my cost of goods sold and how to read a PL statement and like what's your man hour rate and stuff like that. And I start getting around these cool guys like Dan Plata, who's been on the podcast, my podcast, The Untrained trapped podcast. And he came into my studio and he had this whole book. He wrote like 12 different steps to scaling your business. And him and his partners have like six different businesses. And what I've learned, what I learned from this guy hanging out with him two days, just changed my life. And we put it all on YouTube. It's a, you can look it up. It's probably about a month ago, 12 steps and watch it or listen to it on my podcast. It takes, it's like two and a half hours long, but every second is worth of worth it. It's so eye opening. Yeah, that was so good, man. Especially the wearing a different hats and like the difference between an owner and like a general manager. And it was so good. Well, Keith, today I'd really like you to teach us on how you price your services. And I'd like for you, if you're comfortable sharing with us, how you delegate and how you build this team around you. I know you have so many folks uh, working for you and some of them are even virtual and things of that nature. So I'd love for you to explain all of that and uh, how you've kind of built your businesses over the years and uh, whatever else you want to talk about. But that's kind of where I'd like to get started. So before we get started with that, I want to say a quick thank you to our show sponsor. And that is our friends at Jobber. Jobber is the software that I use to organize and manage my business From quoting a project to getting paid, Jobber Software brings everything together to make projects easy to manage and our customer experiences seamless. And when we do that, typically our customers will come back because they like working with us. We have things professional and organized for them. So if you're looking to get more time back in your day, 
get paid faster. Head on over to getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. And you'll actually save yourself 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, I know you can get going on many, many directions. So before you go on a Keith Kalfas mode, man, I wanted to start with talking about pricing. Tell us a little bit about how much you've matured uh, with your prices over the years. Because I've watched you, you know, I started watching you on YouTube back in the Geek the Freak days when I was like you, Greg, and, and uh, Blake and Stan were the YouTubers. And uh, I've watched you mature since then. So teach us a little bit about what you've learned about pricing over the years. You know what, Matt? I just got off the phone. You can, guys can hear me clear, right? Yeah. Just make sure. Yep. Okay. So I just got off the phone with um, my friend, William, the tree guy I put in my videos. He's got a tree service business here in Michigan as well. I sent him a text. He calls me immediately. And the text was, bro, this 15% price increase to deal with inflation isn't working. And I'm having to go back and lower my prices a little bit because I'm not closing the leads as normal. So at the beginning of the year, we are all amped up about price increases. And then also now the economy is going through this dip, the S&P 500's tanking, crypto's tanking. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not an economist or qualified to talk about that, but I can see a direct uh, repercussion of it happening out in the marketplace and in the the field and talking to all these customers. So out of every 100 phone calls that come in, we only close two jobs. Wow. But out of every 100 phone calls that coming in, we're pre-qualifying leads over the phone and talking to customers and actually only setting up about 10 actual quotes. Now I don't do lawn care anymore. So it's not like this recurring weekly or bi-weekly thing. We have to go out and actually sell, close, build a relationship with each customer and turning them in, into a client that either we're doing like a landscape job for from 2000 to 20,000 bucks or some type of maintenance job where we're there a couple times a year doing this recurring thing. But now for every 10 qualified leads that I actually like the window cleaning jobs. We just close over the phone on Google earth, but I got to still actually go visit the landscaping ones. My closer rate is 20%, two out of every 10 quotes. And people, some people say, that's crazy dog. My, my close rates, 80%, 90%. I close a hundred percent dog. It's like, I don't know what, Hey, there was a time when I first started my business, I think it was the first two years, I would go out to your house at night with a flashlight. I didn't care how low I had to go. I was closing that mug. And so when you're solo and you're by yourself, and if you, if you don't have employees and, and insurance and payroll and workers comp and all, and all those overhead requirements or costs of goods sold that you must meet, you will be going out and selling work that keeps you busy, that's unprofitable. So there are times when you got to lower your prices. Uh, like you want to get the cream of the crop and the best of the best jobs and have as many leads coming in as possible. So then you, therefore you can slant the math into your favor. So you are getting the best of the best. And with pricing, it's all directly relevant to where you're at in your business. A stage one business is like you, um, you're a guy in a truck, you're working your tail off and you're wearing all the hats by yourself. That's where you make the highest amount of profit because you don't have any employees or labor like that. You don't have admin or staff or someone in the office. A stage two business is where um, you're selling the work and you got a few employees in the field and now you have somebody helping you in the office, but you're still all over the business like on the pulse. That's where I'm at stage two business. And you can make that a lean and mean profitable machine. But as soon as you move into a stage three business, which is where you're like totally out of the field, 
and you've got a foreman or an operations manager, you have people uh, helping you do that, the profit margins just drop so quickly. So if, if you want to talk about pricing, like you have to grow your way out of that problem, right? I'm not there yet. But if you want to talk about pricing, it's so completely relevant to where you're at. And I think of in terms of looking at things in terms of percentages and hitting goals based off of percentages. And there's three different ways that I price. So a percentage, a gut feeling. I know that's funny because it's a total reciprocal of a percentage. And then the next thing is like, uh, what do I want to make per day? So for me, it's I want to put in my pocket $700 net profit per day after all expenses. What do I got to do to make that work? So that's like the goal. And then the next thing is like, if I make under $400 a day in my pocket, I'm incredibly pissed off and I did something wrong. Right. And so that kind of motivates me. Um, so, so when you talk about pricing, it's, it's a massive uh, conversation. Here's, here's the thing. There's this uh, supply and demand. The amount of money that you can make doing something is directly proportional to the amount of people that are lined up who are willing to do the same exact thing as you can do and whatever qualification qualifications they have or don't have. So uh, when I was 14, 15, 16, I would wash dishes in a restaurant. I worked in tons of restaurants in between landscaping in the winter, I would work in restaurants and I was always angry and pissed off because I would only make anywhere five, seven, eight bucks an hour. But there was always a stack of applications in the office of other people lined up who were willing to wash dishes for six bucks an hour. Right. So for me to go march into the office and demand more money, they would say, well, too bad. Screw you because I got a bunch of other people lined up. So when it comes to landscaping, um, I found that the only thing that it can separate you so you can raise those higher prices and demand it and get it are social proof. Uh, tons of people on Google and on Facebook that are other customers that are saying that you do a great job, that you're a stand-up company, that you have all these you know positive reviews. So customers who have been through the gamut of who have hired low price, non-insured, chuck in a truck guys, which it's great. You get in where you fit in, but maybe if they've had a bad experience with other contractors who, you know, it could be a million dollar company they're hiring. It, it, I guess that part doesn't matter as much, but if they've done a bad job, some customers actually an entire criteria percentage of customers are willing to pay more money, mm -hmm. sometimes double to have peace of mind, which means the job is going to be done when the contractor says they're going to do it at satisfactory quality. There's not going to be any problems. So they're paying for that level of peace. If you can exemplify that to your customers on your website, on your Google, on your Facebook and your videos, your social media, your marketing materials, and everything's congruent and matches. And you look like a company that's probably bigger than you are. You have this, this very professional top shelf type of, um, trustworthy look and the way you communicate, the way you pick up the phone, all those things, when all those things are cohesive and congruent, um, the, the customers get this perception of you and the word of mouth travels that you're more professionally tailored, even if you're just doing yard work. So there were, therefore, when you have that and you have this haptic feedback in the environment of your, your, you're being and doing the thing in a professional way. The customers are saying that back to you. You have haptic feedback. It bakes into your subconscious mind and into the way you act in your business of confidence. When you have more confidence and you walk around the property with a client or you talk to them on the phone and your prices are higher. I mean, it goes such a long, long way to where you can charge 20 to 30% more than somebody else. And 
I talk about all this stuff because I've done tons of low paying jobs. I've worked for free. I've worked for less profit. I've had mistakes and not had the money to fix it and had to come out of pocket. Like so much frustration in this extremely hard landscaping and lawn care business. You're after going through it for years, your subconscious mind keeps reshuffling the deck and you come to these conclusions that, Oh, um, this is kind of like the way that is, this is, some things you can't change. So how are you going to see it and how are you going to attack it? Are you going to be a victim? Are you going to cry and complain about why it sucks? Or are you going to find a way to make it work? Because you can just go on social media and find tons of people mm-hmm. who have these lean, mean, profitable businesses that are working. Obviously they're showing you a highlight reel or some of them show you the mistakes. I love it when the guys do that, but um, if other people have figured it out, so can you. So, when it comes to pricing, I think that if you have a um, a 50% gross profit margin that you aim for, um, which means like, let's say you do a thousand bucks in work, 50% of that is gross profit. And if you are dipping below, depending on the size of your business, because, uh, um, you know, a business that does a million bucks a year, the owner might only make eight or 10% profit, depending on the industry or what he does. If he's a solo operator, he might make as much as 70% gross profit. So let's just say, see, see how the, the question and the answer changes depending on what lens you look at it through. Totally. A lot of people speak for themselves on social media and you see all these guys arguing and fighting and the this guy's an idiot. Oh my God, he's a genius. He's a dumbass. And, and all these are like, it creates all this controversy. It's because there's this integral philosophy that everybody is actually right from their own lens and perspective. And they have reasons why they feel the way they feel. They're not all crazy. So when somebody speaks in absolutes, like this is the absolute way it's a, uh, the most professional people I speak, I, I, I know before they talk about things, they spend 10 minutes giving you all these disclaimers mm-hmm. of why, you know, I might not be the guy that might not be the right information for you. It might, you know, but I think that you get in where you fit in and you resonate with people that are tuned to where you're at. So, uh, pricing, <laughs> 50% gross profit margin. I make a 35.5% net profit in the business. Is uh, that after you pay Keith Kalthus as an employee of the company, you're, you're getting 35% after the owner's salary has already been drawn? Yeah. So the actual business itself, there's no money left over for the business to make a profit. So this is, I pay myself a payroll of literally um, $500 a week as the owner of the business. Okay. So that 35% profits only calc- only pulling out 2000 to pay you as basically an employee. Uh, I, well, this is the funny part because you could talk about owners draws and distributions where you take money out of the business and you do have to pay uh, self-employed income tax on that, mm-hmm. which is a different rate, which is actually a less rate than that of actual payroll taxes. But you have to pay yourself a quote unquote reasonable salary because if you get audited by the IRS, then you have a problem if you're just taking all the money. But if you have an LLC, you have something called pass through income, which means you can okay. take it all, but you just pay the full tax rate. That's why people say, I want to be an S corp. Well, you're not actually an S corp. You're being taxed as an S corp. So therefore you can have a split in your income, but you want to take, um, according to what I'm saying, I'm not advising anybody. I don't know anything. I'm just a landscaper, but, uh, you want to take a higher percentage of that money in the forms of actual legitimate payroll. So all of those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
FICA, Medicare, state unemployment insurance tax, all that stuff is being taken out of it. So if you ever do get audited, it shows that you're fully legit. Now the owner's draws and distributions are different, which I'm not taking any distributions out of the landscape business because it pays for my truck. It pays for my cell phones. It pays all the insurances and it pays for Like you get all these perks. So I'm not counting that as income, but it is income. There's all these perks and tax write-offs. If you go to the GI Expo and you stay in hotels and do all this stuff and you have conversations and meals and everything around education, that's the cool thing about owning your own business. So yes, now I was paying myself like a thousand bucks a week. Uh, sorry, I'm talking. Nonstop. No, keep going, man. <laughs> okay. Um, and I had this conversation with one of my coaches is like, Oh, you're paying yourself too much. So you see some of these guys in the Facebook groups arguing like, well, if that's all you make and this and that, you ain't making shit. It's like, it's true. You're actually not. And that's why um, when it comes to the question of pricing, take a, take a pyramid. Oh, sorry. I'm not doing like weird. What are those? those that's that's that the thumbnail. <laughs> the Calf is, is in the Illuminati. Yeah. All right. Keith Kalfas Illuminati. <laughs> I'm recording this, by the way, to use clips on I YouTube. So um, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> what was I saying, bro? So we were talking about um, taxes and owners paying. You were paying yourself a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. So what I did is I was like, well, I want year round salary. So let's just pay myself $500 a week year round all through the winter. I don't plow snow anymore. That's a totally different subject. So, um, so, oh yeah, take a pyramid and look at the top. And like, that's like the Pharaoh. This is a horrible explanation because I'm just talking freely right? freedom of speech. And let's just say at the bottom is like, people working. Now, this isn't like Amazon or anything. We're just talking about a tiny landscape business. But most of the time, your small business, if you flip that upside down, it's the owner carrying all that responsibility and the pyramid's upside down. And he is on the bottom running around like a chicken with his head cut off, carrying all this infrastructure on his shoulders. So I've been really diving in and thinking about this and thinking about this pricing question and saying, what if I reverse engineered it all? This is so powerful what I'm about to say. And I knew this years ago, but the reality and the haptic feedback of the marketplace, every time I tried to raise my prices this high was not working. So I just kept going back down to scrambling. Here's what it is. Say, if I had a business where I did have a, you know, a secretary or an office manager, somebody answering the phones and doing the paperwork and running the payroll and, and doing the scheduling. And I really did have uh, a key man or a right-hand man, he could drive a truck or not, but somebody in the field to take all that, the kind of the grunt work off your shoulders and make the decisions and run back when the tool is forgotten and get the materials. So you could focus on just doing the sales and marketing and running the business. And everything was licensed and insured and legit. And you didn't have to stress if there was some, you had to buy this thing for 500 bucks or a backpack blower blew up. And you had a, you know, a tiny little profitable, abundant business, because I want to make it abundant before you grow it. You want to get it all figured out at, at the small level, because I believe if you like try to scale something without having anything figured out, you're just scaling this thing into chaos, right? right? The problems you have now are going to exacerbate. But what would 
in a hypothetical in uh, question. What would you have to charge to actually make all that work? And it really works for real and you still get paid. So then you just sit down and do all of the math and be like, oh, I'd actually have to charge $74 per man hour. Okay, there's billable versus non-billable hours. Billable is like actually on the property working. Well, this is more like port to port. As soon as that guy punches in or turns the key in the truck and goes to the time he comes back, oops, to the office or to the shop and punches out, you know, the gas, the equipment that you guys have heard all this stuff before. And when you're at what's called the, the stage one business where you're just kind of by yourself or just you and a guy, you don't even got time to think about that shit because you're so busy trying to keep get the work done. You don't have time to think about the next level. So you just kind of stay stuck. So you say, what would I have to charge? Oh, I would have to charge $74 per man hour. Well, how do I figure that out? Then you read some books, get some coaching, watch some videos and say, oh my God, we have to do a minimum of $1,100 per day or a bare minimum of $680 per day. Uh, uh, 1100 it would have to be like this this nominal and then sometimes in landscaping you get these jackpot jobs where you'll make 2000 in a day right but find out what that minimum is let's break that up into morning and afternoon let's break that up per job let's find out a minimum per job wow like last year we had a 300 and what was it a 300 and 312 dollars 50 yeah 3250 312 dollars and 50 cent minimum to do any job on any property right now that rule can be broken because if the neighbor right next door wants something done it's literally right there we can hop over and do it and make money there's no travel time no commuting but when you start to figure out stuff at that that level and then you create policies around that which is like okay we are no longer allowed to accept any jobs for under this much then you figure out your service area and how far you're traveling um i was just talking to a guy today so i'm in michigan and I live in like Macomb. I live like an hour away from like Brian's lawn maintenance. He's over in Novi, right? And in between us, there's these couple cities called Birmingham and Bloomfield that all of the local landscapers and contractors and window cleaners, they say stuff like, bro, that's where the money's at. The money's in Bloomfield. True. If you were to look at the, like the United States, one of the highest dense wealth per capita zip code, you know, areas is this Bloomfield Hills area. There's like sports stars and celebrities and mansions and houses that are huge, but you have to drive an hour to get there or 45 minutes. And some of those people actually aren't um, any more. What's the word when customers are like, sure. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I'm talking about some of those people. This is mean to say, because I'm not speaking on absolute, but are stingier and greedier and more penny pinching type of people than just like the normal middle and upper middle class people that might be closer to you. So this inconvenient money, I found out that for my business and my model, that was a farce and that was a lie. And I wasted like four years driving back and forth. Um, we still had plenty of work, but after all of the drive time and everything. I wasn't making anywhere near the amount of money. So I chose to narrow the service area from like, it was like 15 miles. And I was like, well, 10 miles, then nine. Now it's a six mile radius. And there's, so when you ask about pricing, there's all these other things that come into play when you're talking about it. So um, 
if you were to travel outside of that service area, what would be the dollar amount that you would have to charge? Now your feelings get in the way and you say to a customer or to yourself, like, oh man, why well, I feel bad charging the customer $700 for something that should only be 500 Or if you're cutting grass and you charge this guy 35 this other guy, same size lawn, he's out of the area. You got to charge him 50 because the drive time, I feel bad. Well, those feelings will make you broke and end you up frustrated doing the same shit next year and the year after and the year after. And it's only till you like actually write it down and create like this policy, whatever level you're at and says, I do not hear the list of things that I do. Here's the list of things that I hate doing. Here's a list of things I love doing. Here's the things that I do not do no matter what. So it's been very tough in this transitional growing thing. Um, and what happens is when you get really strict and you make these agreements with yourself about what you will and will not, like, I don't know what it is for lawn care, but say from now on, we have a $40 minimum. What happens? All these customers are calling, will you please cut my laws, please? The last guy charged me 25. <laughs> Sorry, it's a $40 minimum because of all these inflation and all these things. The customer doesn't care what the reason is. They want their lawn cut for 25 bucks. And you know, you're like, oh, it's right around the corner. Well, I could do it. And I'm like, if you buckle and you go do that thing, you're going to be out there and it's going to be 90 degrees. And then you're going to look and do all the math and realize, oh my God, I'm only actually making a dollar and 75 cents for cutting this lawn. Like I started doing that math and comparing it to my level of suffering and saying, I'm going to be trapped here forever. This is like the lowest paying job ever, but beggars can't be choosers. And you can't make those decisions if you don't have enough leads coming in to quantify and back up those decisions. So you got to get better at marketing and advertising and getting more positive five-star reviews and learn how to do Google ads and pay-per-click and all this stuff, which means staying up late and burning the candle at both ends, spending the weekends instead of hanging out with family and friends and watching and playing video games or whatever else you do. It has to be all about the business obsessively to learn marketing and advertising to drum up that higher perceived value, get the phone to ring way more. So, but then when the phone rings more, then you got double and triple the phone calls that you can't handle. So now you got to figure out how to make more money. So then you can hire somebody to help you answer the damn phones, which costs more money. I do hope you're watching the Almond Shop Build on Caleb and Brittany's YouTube channel. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. Seeing the construction of the Hardscape Academy's headquarters come to life is definitely cool and satisfying. This fall, the Hardscape Academy in beautiful Fairfield County, OHIO, opens its doors, providing you and your team with hands-on training to improve skill sets and gain equipment mastery so you can supercharge your earnings potential. In the meantime, you can instantly access the Hardscape Academy's online training resources for paver installation, retaining walls, fire pits, step installation, or even schedule a one-on-one coaching call with the kid contractor himself. Visit thehardscapeacademy.com or use the link below to get the comprehensive guides and continuing education that will advance and empower your company today. That's thehardscapeacademy.com. Hey, landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. 
You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Your mower blades are sharp, the whippersnipper is ready to rock, and you're all set to cut that grass and make that cash. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. I know you're ready to rock and roll, but have you thought about how to maximize your time on the mower once the podcasts are done for the day and you have hours of work still ahead? Let me recommend audiobooks from Audible. Paul has three titles that you can listen to, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, and the brand new 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care, which he so kindly allowed me to narrate. These audiobooks are a great way to make the most of your time and help you grow your business. I'll put links down in the podcast description. Yeah, I want to so, piggyback off of that, Keith. <laughs> um, what have been your biggest um, successes and failures with delegating and hiring people? And, and I know you have so many virtual assistants and and you've won and you lost, I'm assuming, uh, trying to figure out getting those right people on the bus. Can you elaborate what you've learned through your experiences of, of adding people to your team, whether they're an employee or a subcontractor? Bro, I've been through the ringer. And my wife can attest to this, and she's been right there by my side. I can sum it up like this. When you finally get to the point where you've been through it so much and you've hired so many different people, um, because I got the media business and the landscape business. So I have a bunch of virtual assistants on the media side. I've been through a ton of different people. Like when you finally... When you've been through so many people, my friend Brandon Vaughn says this. He's a founder of uh, Automate, Grow, Sell. He's a business coach. He's very smart. He says, I used to think that every new employee was going to be the savior of my business. He would get so excited. Oh, this is the guy I've been waiting for. And you don't know anybody. I'm telling you, the, the person you know, the client, the new friend, the employee, the freelancer, the subcontractor, you think you know somebody, you don't know somebody until you've known them for years and you figure out their ups and their downs and their woes and all the little kinks. And I'm not saying anybody's bad. It's all just relative, just like they don't know you. And, you know, I used to hire people that I could pay as low as possible who, for lack of a better word, didn't have their shit together because I was terrified because I didn't have my shit together. And I, there's no way I could go hire a guy who's got a mortgage and a family and you know all that type of stuff. And I mean, it's friggin', it's landscaping. If you have a multi-million dollar company and you're bringing a guy into a position where you can pay him like 60, 70 grand a year or something, I think that's a different story with full benefits. But if you just got a tiny little business, um, you get in where you fit in. But what I learned is after having my heart broken so many times, I've gotten to this place where I'm numb and I'm desensitized. And 
the it just it is what it is. It's this radical type of transparency. Well, like when I hire people now, I'm like, and I only have actually. Well, we have Jill's office when we're really busy answering the phones. My wife is in the office again. She's answering the phones, doing the scheduling. I got two guys in the field. We got another truck about to get running. So we got two trucks again. And then I'm probably going to hire another guy if we get really busy. And then we have Dan Plata at Blue Skies. They're answering the books. I mean, doing the books. So it's just a tiny business. But I used to, um, you know, like, you know, I hire somebody new and then it's a Saturday and I tell my wife, I'm like, this new guy's awesome. Oh my God. But I better watch out because just because I think that he's so great, I don't really know him yet. And then all it takes is a few more weeks. And then you see all of the drama in the person's life start to come into fruition. And you find out all these other things that, you know, and I don't mean to be negative here, but uh, uh, there's a guy in the city who is a, he's got a huge landscape business, business for like 35 years. And I asked him this same question you asked me. He says, you know what? You're going to kiss a lot of frogs. The more willing that you are to just go through and get to the next guy, instead of just like shrinking down and say, that's it. I'm never hiring anybody ever again. I'm never launching a crew. I'm never doing anything because it failed. Well, that's kind of like a loser's mindset. And you have to get the courage up again and realize that was an isolated event. You co-contributed to that event because of your lack of understanding or lack of qualification. And so when you realize all this and you just get very logical about it, because I'm an emotional guy, but I had to get logical. And now like I have 39 pages of documentation. Anybody who works for me must fill out like obviously media, media release form. Cause we make videos. Uh, gag order is a very harsh term, but it's like a, a non-compete form, uh, an NDA background check, drug screen, uh, all the payroll records. And, um, all that stuff. And so when I heard that you're supposed to do all that stuff back in the day, that was impossible to me. I was too busy trying to run to this next job and make it in home in time for dinner. And, uh, but I think that once you realize that there's this saying, my friend, uh, ditch the itch, Austin Douglas, he said this thing to me, he goes, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. It's very, very hard to slow down and not hire people out of desperation when you have jobs booked up. But if you hire out of desperation, you'll be very, very lucky to get somebody who's good and somebody that sticks. But I've learned if you set all the ground rules beforehand and you say exactly what they can expect, how they're going to get paid, the pay structure, when you're going to give them reviews, how they're going to get raises, what the business looks like, what role they can play in, in the business, and you set it up for them so they feel like it's a real place to work with a real culture and you really mean it. And they see that they're not just coming to work for some guy who's a chicken with his head cut off trying to survive because that was me. I think that there's a change. Uh they they take it a lot more serious and just have basic policies. Um, right now, we're getting the employee handbook thing together. I call it a thing because I have to get that immediately. I've already got that in the works and going. That's the final thing we have to get. And then a piece of documentation that says that, you know, they've actually received that. And I've been on the phone with the insurance company, bugging them, giving them all the scenarios of every little tiny thing and making sure that, cause I want to be fully covered. But, um, yeah. So, uh, now on the, on the, 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 the media side, 
virtual assistants, I think, well, I have about 10 that work for me part-time all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of them been with me for like five, six years. And then I have 24 virtual assistants. So I'm hiring the 24th one right now. And people are like 24 virtual assistants. Well, I don't even understand. Why would you like it's, it's from graphic designers. Uh, well, actually I, out in the field, actual videographers and people that help me. So like Quentin Howell is a freelancer. Mm-hmm. We had just got off the phone with him. We're going to shoot another commercial for Jill's office and one for X Mark. I pay him thousands of dollars because he's so good, but he doesn't work for me. He's like a freelancer, but I have editors online, graphic designers. I hired a Pinterest marketing expert, uh, Google ads, uh, which is YouTube ads and Facebook ads, uh, people, experts that do that. Uh, people that, um, Oh God. Oh yeah. My writers, I have, I'm not going to tell you who my writers are, but people all over the world that are already experts in what they do. So this blew my mind and helped me in the landscaping business because when you have like a, a business that's not a land, you think of landscaping in terms of like, I need, I need somebody who's does labor, who can cut grass, who can rake leaves, who can do these things. Anybody can do that. True, but not absolutely. And you say, well, if I hire a guy who's experienced and he's worked for a big company before, here were my thoughts. I'm embarrassed to have that guy come work for me in my tiny little business with my rusty pickup truck. He's not going to take it serious and he's going to see through me and see all my idiosyncrasies and see that I don't have my shit together. And so I don't want to do that. Well, the funny thing is in the media business, I learned like I was trying to like hire my little cousin, Nathan kids, 18 years old. He's smart. Maybe I could put him behind a computer and he could help me do all the social media stuff and I could teach him. Dude, that shit don't work, bro. And then you're like, well, I can hire my my niece, Aurora. It's my, uh, then I had her doing stuff for a little bit and it didn't fucking work. And I was like, and I was trying to find anybody near me to help me because I was too scared to take it serious. And then I found Upwork.com, uh, Fiverr as well, but mostly Upwork. And now, I, dude, I'm spending up to, well, between three and 5,000 a month on virtual assistants, up to 7,000 a month. And I spent, dude, last month, God, what did I spend? $27,000 on virtual assistants and ads and marketing. In one month? Yeah, easy. We did. Well, I don't know if I want to say, but I, I guess hey, I'll tell you. We're the most listened to podcast. We're the most listened to podcast right uh, now. We got a lot of people out there. There's weird stuff happening that I've wanted to happen for years in my life. And I actually feel uncomfortable and I don't know how to deal with it, but things are coming together for me in in a way that I've worked my tail off and we're hitting numbers that I don't even, it doesn't even seem real to me, but it is totally real. And I realize that it's people that help you do it. You need systems, you need software, you need people and people who know what the hell they're doing that you can go out and sell work or sell time or close deals at a rate that allows you to hire the right people who are experienced to do things, whether it be landscaping or anything. And then you have a profit margin on top of that and reading things like profit first by Mike McCallowitz, all of these different little tiny pieces of the puzzle that I'm talking about, cause I'm all over the place. I'm aware of that, but all of these, when you are willing to go out, and try new things and work your ass off and be brave and be courageous and go to mastermind events and, and, and listen to podcasts like your podcast and learn all these different things. Little by little by little, the pieces of the puzzle start to come together. And I really believe that you have to have passion and, and love 
or find a way to be passionate and happy about it. Because if you're doing something that you hate, that makes you miserable and you can't find an angle to make yourself happy about it, it's just not going to work that well. Grant Cardone said something about, um, you know, the secret to become a millionaire or whatever is to learn how to love what you hate, love what you hate. I was like, Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. So there might be a season where you have to do shit you hate to get through and punch through that glass ceiling to get to the next level. Right. There might be a season. And as long as you're aware of that, but if you feel like you're stuck in this eternal hell and your business is like just stuck in this, like you, you hate your, you hate the work that you do. You're not getting the, the prices for the jobs that you want. You got some guy who works for you. He shows up late all the time and drives you nuts and you're terrified to fire him or something. And you're just going through all this hell in your business. I think that that's okay. And that's a learning lesson. I've been through that. Right. I've been totally depressed before. <laughs> um, but if you're aware that, wow, oh, this is just a season, this is a learning lesson and you learn and that becomes the foundation and the structure and that you build the pillars and then you pull your ass up out of that and you and you use that to say, that's it, no more. I'm not letting anybody walk on me anymore. I'm not letting customers take advantage of me when I things are going to be this certain way and not from a place of weakness and being a control freak, but from a place of power and strength and dignity and pride and caring because you see a better life. It's like a compassionate type of feeling. Well, it's always a good time having Keith on the show. I've learned so much about business from Keith uh, by watching his YouTube videos back in the day, obviously talking to him in person as a a personal friend of mine and having him on the program. He actually has the record for our longest episode. This, oh man, if you want to go back in the archives, this is a great episode, but it is way, 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 way back with Chris Berman, say Marty, back, 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 way back, (laughs) something like that. I'll stop. But, um, It's back in November of 2019 because we were at the Entrepreneur Academy Live's very first event. And Brian surprises me and he says, hey, man, um, I got you a hotel room. And I was like, oh, cool, man. That was generous of you. Thank you. And he's like, but uh, Sean Spencer's going to be in there, too. Is is that cool with you? And I was like, as long as there's two beds, you know what I'm saying? So long story short, I go to bed early, uh, 9, 9, 10. That's my window. I, I like to be sound asleep by 10 p.m. That's my goal. It, it, it doesn't always work out that way. But nevertheless, uh, Sean kind of stays up a little later. He drinks a lot of coffee. And so it's about 11 p.m. And, and, and Sean's in his bed studying the YouTube, the YouTube algorithm. And uh, Kalfas texts me and he's like, hey, Paul, he says, I'm on my way. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, my way, like, did I even invite him? I, and I think earlier in the day, I was like, yeah, we should podcast tonight. You know, I kind of said it casually. Like, it, anyway, he's like, yeah, I'm on my way to come podcast. So I was like, how am I going to tell this to Sean? So I just told Sean, I was like, hey, uh, Calfus is coming over to uh, bang out a podcast. Is that cool? And we had just done a podcast interview with Stan Genetic before this in the hotel room, which was an epic show. Um, if you want to way go back and binge listen, um, that was a good episode with Stan. And then, so anyway, Sean's like, yeah, that's cool, man. And, and so Keith comes over about 11 PM at night and uh, the episode was like three hours long and Sean's dozing off sleeping. I'm dozing off sleeping, but it was just so good, man. Keith gets on a roll and uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. So what we're going to do um, with today's show though, cause I could have kept Keith going for hours and hours, but I had a hard stop because I had to uh, go downtown Atlanta and uh, it's neither here nor there, like you care about my traffic. But <laughs> if you live in Atlanta, you know there's certain times you have to drive. Otherwise, uh, 285 and 85 are highways here. They just become a parking lot. So 
what I did with Keith is um, I said, hey, let's do a part A, a part B. Uh, he interviewed me on his show. We, we did all kind of content. So what I'm going to do is play the rest of our conversation. Yes, there's more on tomorrow's episode, on the next episode. So if you're listening in podcast land, you can just go ahead and go to the next episode with Keith and myself and pick up where we left off. Or if you want to go all the way back and, and hear that interview I did with Keith back in November of 2019, you'll have to really scroll through the archives, but it's back there somewhere uh, with Keith Kalfas and Sean Spencer and myself. Um, that's November of 2019. So lots more with Keith Kalfas. We appreciate him being a friend of the show and uh, being on the program. Um, so the rest of our interview will come up tomorrow. And as we're talking about guys on today's show about really getting organized and building a good foundation and a proper team, one of the many tools and resources, because there's a lot of components to go to, to building a successful team. But one of the uh, components is having a good CRM. And so uh, I mentioned Jobber at the top of the broadcast. And if you guys want to try Jobber for free, they have a risk-free 14-day trial. You don't even give them your card or anything like that. You just sign up and then you'll get 14 days of access where you can tinker around and see if you like the invoicing and, and how you send quotes and really um, see the experience and how seamless it really is for both you and your customer. And then um, you can make a decision after you've actually got to try it out a little bit, test drive it, so to speak. Um, or if you're like, you know what, Paul, I already know I'm going to get Jobber. Just sign me up. Um, then you can actually immediately save 20% off uh, your first six months. So in order to get Jobber, just head on over to getjobber.com forward slash Paul or Mr. Producer conveniently put the hyperlink in today's show notes. You can click on that hyperlink to getjobber.com forward slash Paul and that will take you over there and you can get signed up with Jobber and uh, start onboarding all your information in there and uh, really get organized um, with your billing and your quoting, your scheduling, and uh, much more that Jobber has to offer. So thanks for listening to today's show, friends. Hopefully you'll catch my previous interview with Keith from November 2019. It's a good one. And uh, then on the next episode of the Green Street Podcast, we'll have part two of this conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Keith Calfus. Thanks for listening, guys. Smash that follow button. And I hope to catch you on the next episode. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.